Hey mamas, while I have your attention for just a few more seconds, I couldn't wait to get on here and share with you all about this app that I'm recording all of my podcasts for you through. It's called Anchor, and it is truly the easiest way to make a podcast. Don't believe me? Let me break it down and explain to you. First and foremost, it's free. That's right, it does not cost you one cent. And even better, there's actually creation tools inside the app that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's really that simple. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You also can make money from your podcast, hello, with no minimum listenership. So, As in the words of Jerry Maguire, we can all say, show me the money, baby. Basically, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So moms, as you know, I support every mama having a voice. Your voice needs to be heard. So go ahead, go download the free Anchor app today and get your voice heard. Share what you're passionate about. Go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that's Anchor. .fm to get started, and I look forward to listening to you very soon. Hey, all you mamas out there. Thank you so much for diving in with me and joining with me on another episode of Moms Matter, where you, 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 and yes, every mom out there listening and participating has a voice. And today I have a very special mom on my podcast because I consider her to be a mom who kind of paved the way and showed me a little bit of how to be a good mom. And I'm not just trying to get brownie points, um, but that uh, I know her actually personally, and I got the chance to get to know her um, as she entrusted me with her children as her nanny during the time that I lived in Los Angeles. And I often think uh, with my own son, I think of many times where I was with uh, her two boys and just the crazy chaos that is raising boys and Um, It's just awesome to be able to have a mom to go to to talk about those things. And uh, before I steal her thunder, I want to officially introduce uh, everyone listening to Miss Holly Gruton. And I want to welcome you, Holly, to my podcast. And, uh, you know, we're speaking uh, mano a mano, but also mom to mom. Um, which is so surreal for me, um, because last time we, we spoke, um, I was just a young 20 something, uh, actress pursuing my career in LA. And, um, I would love for you to, uh, share with everyone listening about yourself, about your family. And of course, as every mom just loves to talk about our kids, we'd love to hear all about your boys. Thanks for having me. It's good to hear from you. Likewise. (laughs) Um, yes. So I live out in Southern California, and I have two boys. They are five and seven now, growing fast. Um, Yeah, I had my first kid when I was 30, so it was a good round age for me to have my first son. And, you know, we're just enjoying life as much as we can. Times are a little crazy now, but we are definitely an outdoor family. We love to be outside and ride bikes and play in our backyard. There's lots of sword fighting and nerf going on every day, but we really enjoy that. So, yeah, um, I work part-time for our local community YMCA, and I also recently got board certified as a lactation consultant, so I have that going for me as well and hope to pursue that as a career going forward. 
Um, my husband works full time as a movie trailer editor, and right now he's working from home too. We're all at home and enjoying our time together. That's good. That's awesome to hear that you guys are all home and you all still like each other. That's good. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, what a just what a story that you you guys have. And and I have to note too that uh, besides that beautiful resume you just shared. Um, I believe if, if I'm remembering correctly, um, isn't it true that you and your husband, are you high school sweethearts? We are. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I feel that that was more common in the generations before us, maybe our parents or in the fifties. And, uh, so I just, I love that, that you guys have known each other that long and, um, still remain growing and in love and, uh, that's just awesome. So awesome to have known someone and, and remain in love all that time. Yep. It's been 15 years we've been married. 15 years. Wow. That's how does that feel? Is it, does that feel like it's been that long or are you like, where did that go? It's probably more, where did that go? Um, uh, you know, we definitely have our moments and we have our arguments and our fights, but it's nothing we can't move past and talk about. And usually they're just silly arguments anyways, nothing super serious, just, getting upset with each other or tired of seeing each other 24 <laughs> seven. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. And uh, just, and it's, and you know, when you know someone that well and it's, it's almost got to be like, you know, I feel like I know what you're maybe going to say or um, you know, just uh, continuing to get to know that person though I can imagine and being in the same house with each other and yes. raising the two boys. And uh, I just, wow. Yeah. I, I applaud you guys. And I'm just, I'm so awesome. It's so awesome to be able to now talk to you mom to mom with all that experience and, you know, hearing that you have two boys, that is definitely something I remember about your family as I had an opportunity to nanny for several families in LA, but I always loved that you had two boys and they were close in age. And I know it's the only thing that, you know, as they're your only two boys, but overall, like it, I'm sure moms have asked you like, Oh my gosh. Cause at one point you must've had it. Were they two under two at one point or two under two and a half? Uh, two, they were two years and four months exactly apart. Wow. And, and how, like, how was that? You know, are you glad looking back that they're that close in age? I actually almost wish that they were a little bit closer in age, but part mm -hmm. of it is more the school year because, um, my mm. youngest misses the cutoff. So he's in TK this year instead of kinder. So now my kids are going to be three grades apart. And I remember I was always three grades apart from my older brother and four from my younger. And I always wished I was, I was able to be in high school with my younger brother. Um, so I wish they were a little bit closer together, but it's, it's a good age for them to be. Um, it's definitely, they've definitely bonded more as they've gotten older. I mean, it's a lot tougher when they're babies for sure. Um, and yeah, boy, mom life is boy, mom life. It's lots of dirt <laughs> and messes and, um, pee on the toilet seats and <laughs> Nerf guns and fighting and battling and stuff like that. Not really into arts and crafts. People send us arts and craft things or coloring books and they're like, nope, we don't care about that. Um, <laughs> how can we rip the pages out or make it into a sword or something paper, airplane sure. <laughs> or trash or treasure map or yeah. something like that so but I definitely I think it's great to have two boys I think they've bonded really well and um, my husband just had a younger brother and then I had two brothers as well so 
lots of boys wow. in the family and then my extended family. So both of my brothers have kids. My oldest brother has two boys and then my youngest brother has one boy and another baby on the way. We don't know what it is yet. So I'm kind of hoping for a boy and then there'll be six, Ooh. six grand boys. <laughs> yes. Or if, or if you do end up finally having that niece, she is going to be one spoiled little girl. Yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> and a sea full of boys. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, either it's, uh, you know, it's, it's either, wow, you know, God bless her, like, uh, being with all those boys, but, uh, you know, it's like, uh, but she'll, she'll be make her stronger, like with you too. I mean, I'm sure having two brothers and, and, uh, did I catch you? You're the middle as well, yes. correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, it's like obstacles that bring out the greatness for sure in all, in all of us. And, you know, it's funny, uh, I hadn't thought about this before we'd started the podcast, but hearing your story and I didn't realize there were so many boys in the family, um, have you ever imagined like how your life would be different if you had girls or when you were pregnant, did you ever hope for a girl? Um, yes, I did. I really, I really wanted a boy and a girl. Um, and then I remember the day that I was, I found out that my second was going to be a boy. I had already told my husband and everybody too. I was like, I'm going to need one day to grieve. I was like, the honest mm. reality is I need one day to grieve. And I remember finding yeah. out I was a boy and I took that day and I was sad about it. And then after that, I was fine. And it's perfectly fine. And looking back, like, I mean, you, I think you kind of get dealt what you get dealt and mm-hmm. um, it's for a reason or whatever you believe in your life, but you know, yeah. you get what you, you get what you can handle. And I definitely think I can yeah. handle boys better than girls, especially seeing yeah. some of my friends with their girls are sometimes a little <laughs> more to handle and a little more emotional. And I'm not a super yeah. emotional person. I don't, cry a lot or get upset a lot I'm a little more chill and relaxed and laid back and um so I think that's definitely helped in the boy world you just kind of have to relax and let them do what they're gonna do (laughs) and cross your fingers that they don't break a bone when they go climb the tree but you let them (laughs) climb the tree because you know that they can and they need to learn and climb so um so yeah and then you know so I have two boys and I the thought of having a third I'm not going to because I don't want three boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that case, you're like, okay, the, the, the baby factory's closed. Yes. Like, <laughs> I think three boys would be too much, and I think yeah. a girl might I might not be able to handle a girl. So I think we're yeah. good. I I love it. It's like the I feel at the end of the day, the the lesson we can all take home from that is just kind of a general act of surrender. Just like, okay, this is like you said, kind of the cards I've been dealt and making the most of it. And something I feel that is so healthy that you said was that you knew though, that you needed to take a day to just kind of like lament and let go of that. You weren't going to have a girl. And I think that's so, that's so important, you know, and is that something you would say that you've had to continue to do now being a mom of two like school age children? Uh, no, I don't need to, I don't feel I need to grieve that anymore, but I needed that one day to be sad that I wasn't getting a girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I was meaning more like, um, using that same principle of like, do you still find yourself as a mom just with situations maybe within just your life or especially being a mom? Cause we know it can be so challenging at times. Like, do you feel that sometimes you just need maybe not even a day, but just like to take a moment for yourself, um, to just kind of process things? Oh, for sure. I need many moments to myself. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just taking time to kind of think yeah. about things and enjoy, try to enjoy the moment more. For sure. For sure. Something I, you know, with this podcast even, um, but also the private conversations I have with mom is, is I think that balancing act of, you know, not feeling that mom guilt, which I think is like an inherent, uh, you know, whether it's a a curse or an inherent just tendency that we take on as being moms. um, But feeling like, you know, it's to feeling like I I don't want to be selfish, but sometimes I feel I've experienced that I need to be selfish. Like I need to take that time so that I'm a better mom. Um, You know, so you have those moments where you can come back better um, and to take them so that you can, yeah, process those things of life. That oh, yes. There is definitely daily mom guilt. You know, when you, yeah, it's yeah, real. just, you know, every day you feel bad about something or ask yourself, did I do enough today? Did I play with them enough today? Did I feed them enough today? Mm-hmm. They go to bed mm-hmm. early enough today. Let them stay up too late. You know, just feeling guilty about all the choices you're making. Or if I'm working during the day and I'm ignoring them all day and they're on their iPads and I, ruining their lives somehow and being guilty working but <laughs> yeah. then I need to work so we have money and it's you know it's that circle yeah. that goes around and around and around and you just yeah. have to try to at some point step out of that circle and say it's okay they're okay yeah yeah you actually just reminded me of something that you and I have talked about but especially when it comes to like breastfeeding it's like you know fed is best and just however um your, your body, you know, or, or maybe your body doesn't, you know, produce the milk for your baby, but the most important is that they're fed. And I I think you just reminded me of that when you said, you know, it's okay. Like they're okay. You know, um, reminding ourselves of that at the end of every day. Um, is that, is that what you'd say really helps you or what have you found help you helps you, um, get through those mom guilt moments during your day? Yeah. So kind of circling back to all that you just said, you know, the, the reason I went into lactation to be a lactation consultant is, I think Mm -hmm. moms just need that support and that pat on the back to say, it's okay. Um, You know, there was one mom that I helped was a friend of mine and her son had so many allergy issues and she like nearly Mm -hmm. killed herself every day watching what she was eating and barely eating anything and being super careful about everything. And her son still was getting sick from her breast milk, but she was determined to do it. And she just, you know, cut like everything out of her diet and just was exhausting for over a year doing that. And then when she had her baby girl, she was so worried about that again, having to go through that Mm -hmm. all again and didn't want to do that. And also having a, you know, a toddler son and just so much going on. And I went to her house and she needed me to just tell her, it's okay if you choose not to breastfeed. It's okay. Your baby will be okay. Don't kill yourself and your body over this. Like you need to do what's best for you and your family. And I feel like that's kind of why I went into it too, is I would love to help moms if they want help breastfeeding and they're having troubles and they're having struggles, but they also need someone in their corner to tell them it's okay. You don't have to do it. Even if you don't want to, and it's just a choice thing that you just don't want to do it, that's okay. And you don't need other people judging you and telling you that you're doing something bad. So, um, and then like kind of along the lines of like the fed is best. So I had, after I had my first son, I ended up up having to have a C-section. And I remember after that, I had to grieve for quite a while about it for not having that so so-called natural birth of uh, a vaginal birth mm-hmm. and I had a C-section and I had to grieve that for such a long time that 
I will never experience that. I will never go through that. Am I a bad mom? I can't believe I didn't get to do that. And I had to do this. But then when you sit back and you think about it, you have to tell yourself, it's fine. My baby is here. My baby's healthy. It doesn't matter how they come Mm. into the world that you just need a healthy baby. So however you, however Mm -hmm. you do it and you're, you know, unmedicated vaginal birth, C-section, whatever, however it happens, it happens. And you just want a healthy baby in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you can truly be, you know, the best kind of a cheerleader for other moms. Like I, I too, that's, you know, I share with other moms, like, you know, encourage one another, like support one another and, and take away that judgment and, you know, almost like give each other permission to be that best mom, whatever that looks like for you and for your family. And I remember that's something you and I had talked about too, is, you know, that it looks different for every person and just to embrace it. Cause you know, you reminded me of how the mom guilt can be so much worse than, you know, maybe any decision that you think was off or wrong or bad. It's like that guilt is what actually keeps us I think from being that, that mom that we in fact want to be. Yes. Yes. You know, we started talking a little bit about, um, you know, these challenges that uh, you encountered yourself and with having a C-section and, um, but I'm curious, you know, just overall looking back now, you've been a mom for seven years, um, which is, uh, you know, not, not a newbie no more. And you have these, you know, little, little, you know, people, um, these little boys with personalities coming out. And um, what would you say in all that time in your seven years, what would you say would be your biggest or one of your biggest challenges of being a mom? Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> well, feel, feel free to, to choose your favorite or least favorite or, or is to speak about a few. Well, I think, so I think the ongoing one, and I was kind of thinking about it this morning, trying to go back school um going back to like when they were babies and thinking about that and Mm. the one thing that was striking me was like the worry that you have you're always worried about something Mm. with them and I try to let that go and not let it um encase me but you're always worrying about something I remember when they were babies I always was worried about if they were too hot or too cold Every night I would lay down, I'm like, do you think they're going to be too hot? Do you think they're too cold? The air's on. Is it going to freeze them? Or are they going to, you know, is it going to shut off too much? Or is it too cold? Should I put another blanket on them? But I shouldn't put a blanket on them. Are they going to be warm enough? You know, just always debating that and worrying about that. And then I remember the next big, like, thing, the next big memory that sits in my mind is when I was trying to decide about sending my oldest to preschool when I had just had my youngest. And it was just like that debate back and forth, like, is he too young to go? You know, he's going to be there all day. Should I do it all day? Should I not do it all day? And there was one place that I was going to, I was going to send him to the YMCA because that's my home. And I worked there in the after school program. I know everybody there and they're all family and they only offer full time. So it was like, okay, well, he's going to be there all day and it's long days. And, you know, just that worry of, am I making the right decision? I feel like that's kind of always going on in my head and you know I let them ride their bike across the street and what if I'm not over there for a moment I do it am I worried someone's going to take them but then I can't really worry and I need to let them have some freedoms and be able to trust them to ride their bike across the street in safety by themselves I mean we did it when we were kids all the time we were gone for hours and our parents yeah, had no idea yeah. where we were so giving them those freedoms <laughs> and then you know another recent one is 
our district had to debate on if you want to send your kids back to school part-time in the spring or keep them all at home for their school, for their distant learning. And it's just like, you know, me and a couple of moms just kept, you know, we just talked to each other back and forth about it. Like, is it a good decision to send them back? Is it not? Should we keep them home? Should we send them? What's best for them? And we just sit there and we talk about it and we debate it and we worry, are we making the right choice? And so it's just kind of that endless worry and endless, am I making the right decision for them? Yeah. And it's, I, th- I think, uh, something you've painted so clearly is that it, uh, it never completely goes away. I, I think it shifts, you know, it's, uh, at the different stages and ages. I mean, I'm, I'm even going through that and my Are son still is there? only just about eight months old. Oh yes. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Holly, can you hear me? Hello. 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 Holly, 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 Holly. Are you there? Hello. Hello. I can hear you. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm completely understanding what you're saying about worry and anxiety, just a fraction, because I feel, you know, when I think about how my life has changed now becoming a mom, I think like, wow, I worry a lot more now, or I, I see things, you know, uh, that I didn't see before. You know, I, I love your example when you said about the boys just crossing the street or climbing trees or like all of a sudden there's dangers in places I didn't see before. Like, I think everyone drives too fast now, you know, (laughs) and I just want to be that mom that like stands in the road. Like, don't you see me walking here with my child? Like, how (laughs) dare you go three miles over the speed limit? (laughs) So true. So true. (laughs) Right. It's like this mama bear um, rises up in you, you know, and, and it is something I feel, um, you know, we just have to endure because, you know, I, I'm not sure um, if you get the chance to talk with your own parents about just parenting. Um, I've, I've, you know, a lot of people tell me, yeah, you, you, you relate to your parents, you know, more when you become one yourself and you kind of kick yourself and say, oh man, I'm sounding like my mom or that's why she did it. And, um, you know, and recently my, my mom was saying that she's like, you know, even they're in their sixties and she's like, you know, you don't ever stop worrying about your kids. And I'm like, oh, great. So I've got this uh, condition for the next, you know, who knows, (laughs) 50 years. (laughs) And so, but now, you know, from mom to mom, a mom who is, you know, about six and a half years ahead of me in the mom life, you know, I'm curious hearing about all of these different you know, worries and anxieties that are so relatable that I know every mom listening to this podcast can definitely understand. Um, What would you say helps you through those moments? So a lot of it is, I mean, you know, the riding their bikes across the street and someone could take them and stuff like that. Can't really change the outcome of that if something bad happens, but you can teach them, hey, if a stranger Mm. comes up to you, don't talk to them or scream if you need help or run away don't take candy from people, stuff like that. You can teach them those things, those life lessons to then allow them to have those freedoms and allow them to, you know, have some time to themselves. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, just like responsibilities, independence, yeah. independence, giving them a little bit of independence as they get older and you trust yeah. them and you know that, but things like the school, um, you know, when it came down to the school, it's like, Oh, should I put them in? Should I not put them in? What should I do? 
I always tell myself, I can change that. If it's not working out and he doesn't like it and mm. I don't like it, I can change it. That's something I can change. So all these worries like, oh, did I give him enough vegetables today or did he eat too much candy? Well, the next day I can change it. It's not like it's mm. a permanent thing. Life is ever growing and ever changing. So nothing, you know, for the most part, nothing is the final answer. I mean, obviously safety is something you want to be aware of, but, you know, if they climb a tree and they break a bone, it's not the end of the world. They're learning, they're growing. I think breaking bones is kind of a part of life. (laughs) Yes, it so is. And I think a lot of kids love the cool cast that they get. I mean, not that we're, we're saying like, Hey, go like throw your kid off a trampoline or anything like that. But, but it's so true. It's, um, I think that that too, you know, is, is so crucial in motherhood is to learn like when to let go or, you know, almost like, you know, I think any married couple understands the phrase of pick your battles. And I think as a mom too, you have to pick, yeah, you know, pick what you, what you, what concerns you or what you have this anxiety about, um, you know, and it's, it's definitely a, a way of, I see your approach as being very proactive versus reactive, you know, like you said, teaching your children, um, seeing these things as more of learning opportunities. And sometimes, you know, as adults, we know this and as, and I think as moms, you see this so clearly that we often learn by making mistakes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, Mm. you know, I want them to learn to have their independence and feel like they can make good decisions or bad decisions by themselves and not be that hover parent always tell them you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that I want to tell them you can you can do that you can try it you know it might not go well but you can try it exactly you never know until you try and and you know being there for them while they try these new things you know I think brings more of just this beautiful approach of like a partnership like coming together and being on that support team and knowing uh yeah, they may break that bone, but they're going to survive it. And you're going to smother them, I'm sure with lots of love and kisses and you guys will get through it, you know, and that's, I think sometimes the best we can offer our kids is just being a good support system for them. For sure. And like, you know, something I would say to a, a newer mom like you is, you know, as you're going through watching your baby climb all these milestones and everything, you know, don't, mm. don't stress about it on the daily. Don't be like, oh, he's, mm. you know, my baby's not walking. My baby's not talking. That baby's talking. That yeah. baby's walking. That person's writing their name already or drawing circles or coloring in the line. You know, don't, don't stress about it on the daily. I mean, it's definitely something to be aware of and be con- cautious of, conscious, cautious of um, <laughs> both <laughs> watching, you know, the overall milestones, but don't take it on a daily and watch it and worry about it every day. Maybe once a month to step back and check and like, Hey, where are we at? Where mm. should we be? Okay. We're not quite here yet. That's okay. And you know, the hardest thing too, as, as a new mom too, and seeing other babies is comparing your baby. Well, they're doing that. Should mine be doing that? And, mm. you know, when you sit down with other moms and have conversations, that's kind of what you talk about. Well, you know, my kid's doing this and mine's doing that. <laughs> and just make mm. sure you don't let that get to you. And you just, every kid is different. Every kid grows at different ages and walks at different ages and talks and everybody's different. And so try not to let that ever eat you up on a daily basis. That is really, really good advice. It is just so true. And I couldn't help but thinking about just in these, you know, Corona times, how I feel like that is even more rampant, just because there's so much to compare ourselves to out there, whether it's, you know, us as moms, 
as women post baby, you know, our, our bodies, our image, our worth, our value, and just even our own kids because of, you know, social media and what people put out there and, um, and the almost like it's, it's strange. It's like, we're more connected, but also sometimes I think disconnected right. from what's real. Right. You know, have you, have you felt that at all or experienced that in these COVID times? Like um, how have you um, worked on uh, keeping a sense of community with other moms? Well, I think a lot of it, I think the importance is kind of finding your little bubble, find your little bubble of, mm. of other moms that, have the same values and ideas and beliefs and thoughts and, you know, attitudes on life. Like, so I kind of have my little bubble and we talk to each other literally daily. We have this Marco Polo app and we send each other (laughs) messages and videos all day long. And, you know, we get along with each other and we understand each other. And I feel like it's something that we never need to, we never need to, validate ourselves and validate our choices like hey i'm gonna go get donuts this morning no one's like oh you're getting donuts you shouldn't be getting donuts and oh we're gonna go get ice cream tonight you shouldn't be getting ice cream because it's not healthy or it's not good for you or you shouldn't be going out in this (laughs) pandemic or you know we don't judge each other on those things because we get each other and we know it i think when you open your bubble up to like everybody and let everybody see Mm. what you're doing and know what you're doing it's a lot. And I feel like I used to post on Facebook a lot, a lot of, you know, kind of daily things or we're doing this or we're doing that. And I feel like during these times, I just, I haven't really posted much. I just really kind of stay back and even commenting yeah. on other people's things. I'll go through and like people's pictures. Cause I like to see what other people are doing and make sure they're doing okay. And they're still happy and healthy. And I'm kind of always looking out for people in need and who needs help or who needs support at this time. So kind of doing that, but I don't really let it eat me up or get jealous of what they're doing. And honestly, most people aren't doing much nowadays anyways, <laughs> other than enjoying <laughs> yeah. nature and going hiking. It's been so good ideas on different hikes or different parks or different places to go that are safe. But I think it's all about finding your bubble of moms that, that get you, that understand you. That is such good advice. It's like protecting, it's protecting your, your family. And I think your, your sanity as well. Yeah. You, to to uh, keep you that. don't need hundreds of friends you just need one or two quality good real friends yes there you go that, I feel like I feel like that's like deja vu like my mom said that to me <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time when I was a teen um, but it is it's so true and I and yeah when you become a mom I think that that age-old you know saying is is even more true is like keeping that circle small and and uh, hanging with those moms that get you. For sure. I love that. I love I love the word bubble. I think if you don't mind, I think I'm going to use yeah. that. I'm going to I'm going to use that bubble. Mm, for sure. <laughs> stay in your Well, if any mm-hmm. stay in your bubble. <laughs> I love it. Stay in your bubble. <laughs> COVID approved. <Yes. laughs> uh, but also with moms that speak your language. For sure. For sure. And so, you know, speaking of bubbles and, and staying in your bubble, if there's any mom out there that, you know, just fell in love with you and your family and your story and would like to possibly try to poke in your bubble and connect with you, um, what would be a good way for another mom to reach out to you? My email is definitely the best way. Okay. And you can go ahead and share that with us if you'd like. It is H. And then my last name, Gritton, G-R-I-T-T-O-N at gmail.com. Awesome. And any mom who is maybe listening to this in her car or on a run or something like that, don't worry. I'll make sure I put her email 
um, in the show notes page. You guys can come back here and go ahead and grab that and reach out to Holly if you would like to chat about uh, anything when it comes to, I think, boys and definitely uh, breastfeeding and, and lactation consulting are definitely some of her passions. And uh, I just want to say, Holly, thank you so much for making time to be on my podcast and sharing with us a little bit just of your nuggets of wisdom. And again, I'm just so thankful that we're still connected after all these years. I agree. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm so happy that you're doing this for other moms and they definitely need it. So it's a good positive light out there. We really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And all you moms listening out there, just remember that you do have a voice, your voice matters and find that bubble that I think is the beautiful nugget that we got today is find your bubble, find those other moms that are going to support you and love you with no judgment. And if you need support along the way, while you find that bubble, come back here, keep checking in, keep listening to these podcasts and just know that you are a mom and that you matter.